0: What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Today we are talking about four ways to triple your confidence. I think I may have a bonus tip in here for y'all too, but the other day I heard someone offer the fake it till you make it as Advice for someone who was struggling with confidence in a certain area. And I'm like, y'all are still promoting this fake it till you make it culture? Haven't y'all learned from Elizabeth Holmes? Listen, that's a podcast for another day. Y'all could Google that T. Anywho, (laughs) my thing is if you are so busy faking it, when are you making the time to learn what it is that you need to master or perform the task effectively? You can be experienced at faking someone else's work, or you can be experienced at faking or taking the credit for someone else's work. So for me, confidence is not the result of experience. It's the result of a consistent experiment. It's not about faking it till you make it. It's about facing it until you make it. While some people say experience is the key to building confidence, I say an experiment, a consistent set of experiments are key to your success. The purpose of an experiment is to try out something new or to test different theories to find the one that works for you. And so you have to understand that success at anything, particularly confidence, isn't a straight line to the top. It's an unsteady, uncertain line with left turns and right turns and ups and downs. It's inclusive of different approaches. And so... Let's just say you want to be a confident public speaker. First off, I would say preparation breeds confidence. Secondly, I would say that you have to also experiment with different approaches with how you introduce yourself, with how you get people engaged, with how you summarize your presentation. You have to experiment with those different types of approaches until you find the public speaking approach that works for you. While some people can start a speech or a presentation and they can infuse humor to get people engaged, others may infuse storytelling to get people engaged. So I love hearing Barack Obama speak. I also love hearing Ian Levan Zant speak, but they have different approaches to public speaking. Obama is warm, you just want to run up on the stage and give him a hug. Or you want to run up on stage and high five him. I don't know. You want to shake his hand. Okay. He's warm. He's persuasive. He uses stories to be persuasive. He's motivational. He can definitely inspire you to act. He can definitely inspire you to change your mind. (laughs) Now, Iyanla, she's my girl too. She's like the auntie in my head. Okay, listen. Iyanla is a straight talk, no chaser. Her approach is more matter of fact. Boom, here it is. (laughs) So the key thing is, you won't know the approach that works for you until you experiment with different approaches and you find the one that feels good for you, the one that becomes effortless for you to perform. So I want you to understand the factors that often may affect your ability to step into the most confident version of yourself. And sometimes it's simply because you got the definition of confidence all wrong. (laughs) Being open to an experiment, being open to figuring it out as you grow along, that's what confidence is about. Just committing to the figuring it out stuff or finding someone who can help you figure it out too. Because that's another thing. When I think about some of the most important aspects of confident people, They know that they can't level up alone. They are cool working within their strengths, their own zone of genius, and possibly hiring or delegating for someone else to take over the things that they're not so good at. (laughs) When you become a confident person, you know failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of it. You know that you can achieve some mind-blowing things. Even if other people, strangers on these internet streets can't see it, you okay with it. And so I've worked with executives who lack a confident presence. I've worked with managers who lack the confidence to give employee feedback or entrepreneurs who lack confidence when it comes to pitching themselves or pitching their companies or pitching their ideas to investors or journalists. And what many people fail to realize is that confidence is not a fixed emotion. You don't feel confident all the time and that's okay. And let me tell you something. A little self-doubt is your GPS to where you may need to grow in life. (laughs) A little self-doubt can help you realize you need to learn some things or outsource some things. So just like you would train for a marathon every single year to increase your running speed, a leader must train for confidence in different areas at any given point during their career journey. So a woman who regularly runs marathons, she just doesn't train once to run a 5K marathon. She trains every year she decides to run in that marathon. Every time she decides to run a 5K marathon or maybe she says, you know what, I just want to increase my running speed or get a faster marathon time, she's going to train again. Other times, she may be training to get to that 10K marathon. Regardless of the goal, her training doesn't stop. So on the one hand, I want you to understand that self-confidence is about trying new things, in finding out what approach is going to work for you, it's also trusting yourself throughout that process to get it wrong and bounce back. You can't get to confidence without the courage to try something different or try something for the first time. You can't get to confidence without commitment. And see, I think we focus so much on confidence when. The real keys to success lie in the courage and curiosity to commit to figuring it out. There are so many steps that or factors that go into play before you even get to confidence. And so when I'm thinking about why people really struggle with confidence, that feeling or thoughts of awkwardness, you know, when a person doesn't feel good or smart enough or they're feeling incompetent or even unlovable, Here's the thing, we're complicated people. And even though you may have the definition wrong, I'm going to tell you a lot of the times it's something deeper because there are a gazillion variables to consider. But I want to share some of the, the things that come to my mind. One, I believe a lot of the lack of confidence, it starts in your childhood. The way you may have been treated in your family, the way you were treated as it relates to a negative situation or a circumstance that you may have account- encountered, not only as a kid, but even as a young adult or even as an uh, even as a adult. <laughs> so the first step for tripling your confidence is you have to courageously face your past so you can confidently deal with your present. When I think about the confident person who wants to speak up, have a tough conversation, ask for a raise, give an employee negative feedback, nine times out of 10, it's not that they don't know what to say. A lot of the times is that they are struggling with a negative belief or view of themselves. And so sometimes that perception is stopping you from speaking up or advocating for yourself. And real talk, some of us as children were mistreated, misguided, and misinformed about how the world works versus how it really is. And now as adults, we're still working from that same set of outdated or disruptive beliefs. And until you do the thought work required to challenge and change the story that you're telling yourself to challenge and change your assumptions and reframe some of those situations that you may have experienced as a child, that misinformation, that toxic belief system, that disruptive belief system will stunt your growth. My dad used to say this to my sister and I when we were kids. Those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Now, I believe Winston Churchill said that quote or George Santana. I don't know one. one, I'm sorry, y'all. One of them said the quote. What I want you to realize from that quote is that when you are not learning from or shifting perspective about that event or a series of circumstances that may have negatively disrupted your natural order of life as a child or even as an adult, When you are not looking to face the pain that goes along with a divorce, job termination, a bad relationship, maybe you went through a period of homelessness, it's almost like you're a hamster in a hamster wheel and you're going to keep running, 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 running around and around and around and around in that hamster wheel. Facing those same sets of insecurities, facing those same sets of fears and outdated or toxic beliefs that you once felt during that unfortunate situation in your life until you get a handle on it. The reality is, although you're an adult right now or a number of years has passed since that traumatic event, you're still that child or that battered woman dealing with the same hurt, insecurity or craving, the same attention you wish you would have received back then. Now you're just all dressed up. (laughs) So for many of us, by default, we spend time fixing the outside. You get an advanced degree. You get the weight loss surgery. You got the divorce. Hey, girl, congrats on the divorce. You landed the job. But guess what? The inside of you is still suffering. So it takes a great deal of courage to face your past and let go of that suffering so you can show up and speak up for what you deserve in your life. Ecart Ecartole says, once you get the inside right, the outside falls into place, and I couldn't agree more. And you may have heard me talk about this before in this podcast, but therapy changed my life for the better. And so while I come on this podcast, speaking as one, I stand as 10,000, 10,000 hours of therapy, coaching, girl talk, happy hour, prayer, etc., etc., rinse and repeat. Okay. It takes a village for a Candia to get on this mic every week and talk to y'all. <laughs> Even if you experienced a lack of representation, as a child, maybe you didn't see people who look like you succeeding or excelling in a certain career, or even when you think about some of the games that you played as a child or the toys that you played. These things can also contribute to a lack of confidence because you begin to think that no one who looks like you succeeds, so you may not succeed, and then you're not putting your best foot forward. As a black woman, as a woman of color, sometimes not seeing yourself in roles, I know it, it definitely turned me off from the C-suite because I didn't see black women in leadership at the company that I worked for. So I knew my time was limited within the first year. And even I remember as a child, black dolls were rare. It was rare to see black dolls at the department store. And I remember my mom and her best friend, they would wait, the, the people at the department stores would tell them what time the trucks would come in at night. And they would make deal <laughs> with the people who worked there to buy the, the dolls or meet them at the, the store to give them the dolls when the trucks came in. Because if the store maybe received 30 dolls, probably two of those dolls were black. What I know now is how a lack of representation can impact many people from seeing themselves as a success or seeing the potential for them to be successful. And so when you don't see someone like who looks like you as a doll, sometimes it shapes what you believe or what pretty looks like for you or what success looks like for you. Another thing, if you were taught as a child to be perfect, if you were taught you have to work 10 times harder, which I hear that a lot, especially in the black community, you have to work 10 times harder. When the fact of the matter is hard work is subjective from job to job, client to client. What one person perceives as hard work, the other does not. And so when you show up with this belief that you just have to work hard and put your head down you don't have to network, and you don't have to have a conversation, and then it works against you. It's because you're working with an outdated set of beliefs. You are doomed to crash and burn because while you know how to work hard, you may not know how to self-advocate or have a conversation about what that level of success looks like based on the work environment that you're in at this time. If you were taught to get an education so you don't You know, you don't have to ask anyone for anything. You can be independent. You're highly educated. Next thing you know, these teachings, these rules, these principles are now working against you because you expect for someone to stumble upon and see that you're highly educated or that you work really hard and you should automatically be granted this promotion or this position. That's not how it works. And listen, there are other factors involved in why you may not get a position too, right? There's bias, racism, all the things, but we're talking about people who have, such as myself, who who has also had some of these beliefs. We're talking about people who are working from an outdated set of beliefs or rules. And so... Again, when you consider some of the things that you were taught, if you were taught to get an education, if you were taught um, or raised to seek things outside of you as evidence of your success, unfortunately, it transfers into a belief that success is only based on your ability to get approval and validation from outside people or outside things, And so in the process of getting those things, if you don't get them quick enough, you feel like you're not worthy or you're not smart enough because people are not validating your process. You may struggle with constructive criticism because you start to believe you are only beautiful, liked, loved or respected under certain conditions. Only when people are telling you you're pretty or telling you you're worthy. So. Listen, whether it's getting help through therapy or a life coach, get off the hamster wheel of your past or you'll always be running to accomplish things outside of you just to get approval, love, or validation from other people. But you'll never reach your greatest potential because the feeling inside of you will remain the same. So ultimately, your first mission to tripling your confidence is again, courageously face your past so you can confidently deal with your present. Now, the second tip I want to offer you when it comes to tripling your confidence is to prepare for your nose. In fact, let's make this a challenge. I love giving homework. I should have been a teacher. Well, I am a trainer, so maybe that's where that's coming from. Anywho, let me stay on track here. I want you to think about at least two or three goals that you want to achieve this year. And I want you to envision yourself asking for some of the things that you want or need to make that dream come true for you. So if you plan on getting a raise or asking for a raise, if you want to pitch yourself for a job promotion or maybe pitch yourself for funding, I want you to imagine that person turning you down for that job or that pitch or that raise. And then think of three reasons why they may say no to you. And then I want you to prepare a response. So if you want to ask for a promotion, if you want to maybe pitch yourself for media coverage, write down three what if scenarios, a list of the reasons why the person may say no to your ask or request, and then practice how you will respond to those what if scenarios. So if the person says, no, I don't think you're ready for a promotion, or maybe they say, we went with another candidate, I want you to challenge them or challenge yourself to ask why they chose the candidate the other candidate over you I would also challenge you that if you're having a verbal conversation with the person who turns down your request for a job promotion or raise then maybe you could ask well what do I need to do to get ready for that promotion this year or next year what does success look like for you what does excelling in my role look like for you And friendly reminder, a no is not personal. Sometimes no means not right now or not with you. Sometimes no may have nothing to do with you and everything to do with their timing or their ability to pay you and real talk. Sometimes what they see in you, they could lack in themselves and be intimidated by that. But listen, that's an episode for a whole nother day. I just want you to prepare for your no's this year. In the words of Will Smith, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Prepare for that rejection. Oftentimes what we don't realize is on the other side of no is where your success lies. On the other side of your fear of rejection is where your success lies. And at the end of the day, the biggest thing that you are afraid of is really not being told no. You're afraid of facing that emotion. You're afraid of feeling the emotion that comes with that no. And you know, just as well as I know, that emotions are temporary. That's it. Failure, again, is not a person. It's an event. Let's stop taking it personal. And just because you received a no, it doesn't mean you failed. What I now know from coaching and training thousands of people is many of us enroll in school or college. We take classes. We do these things to learn whatever set of skills we need to get the job, land the promotion, or start a business. But very rarely are we taught how to master the mindset that's also required to execute on those sets of skills. And that's exactly why I created the Confident Communicator course to teach you my step-by-step process to train your mind to stop doubting, overthinking, and procrastinating so you can achieve the results that you're dreaming about. But listen, don't get it twisted. I know success requires both mindset and method. So while also giving you the methods to master your mindset, We're also going to give you the methods to confidently communicate your value, to deliver a confident, compelling, and persuasive message. I'm gonna include that link in the show notes so you can get notified as soon as we launch. Anywho, if you wanna feel more confident and reach an extraordinary level of success, financially, personally, and professionally, the next tip I wanna share with you is to develop advanced communication skills, particularly in three areas public speaking, negotiating, and emotional intelligence. I don't even care what role you have right now. I don't care if you are a doctor or an IT tech or a janitor. Mastering the art of communication, whether it's speaking in front of a group of people to having a health, a tough conversation or a healthy confrontation. <laughs> mastering those skills will not only boost your confidence, it will also boost your productivity, income, and strengthen your relationships. Not only with people you know, but with people who can act on your behalf. Because the thing is, when we are thinking about leveling up, you can't level up alone. I always say that. And sometimes you have to make your vision or your goals or your desires known to other people. When I think about my journey, particularly in entrepreneurship, when I made my goals clear to people who know me, they advocated on my behalf when I wasn't in the room. People have advocated for me to speak at, at events. They've advocated for me, for clients to hire me for projects. I've landed international speaking engagements simply because someone dropped my name in the room of a bunch of strangers. And next thing you know, Candy has an email. But you have to be able to speak clearly and persuasively about who you are, where you've been, and where you're headed. I always think about this quote from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And the quote says that about 15% of one's financial success is due to one's technical knowledge, and about 85% is due to skills in human engineering. And that comes down to your ability to communicate effectively and deal with conflict. When you think about some of the biggest challenges that you face year after year, it's it's not mastering a specific task or or doing in a specific activity. Nine times out of ten, especially if you're in business, one of the biggest problems you face is dealing with people, <laughs> working with different personalities. It's a challenge to lead even now, particularly when you consider this remote environment that probably each and every one of us has experienced over the last two or three years. And so I believe that across industry, regardless of your career, advancing your communication skills is one of the best ways to triple your confidence, The art of conversation, healthy confrontation and negotiation all comes down to your ability to effectively communicate. And so another thing I want you to realize, another huge part of communication is listening. I always say listening saves lives, deals and relationships. (laughs) You want to raise, you want to learn how to persuasively sell yourself. It's about listening to the other party as well learning how to listen to not only what is being said, but what isn't being said as well. And then learning how to adapt your communication approach is also important. I'll do a podcast on that sometimes later. When it comes to communication skills, people often say it's a soft skill. I say, no, communication skills are a power skill. Even Warren Buffett, the investor and gazillionaire. Okay, they say he's a billionaire, but I like to call him a gazillionaire. Okay, that's my word. This candid conversations, you and my world. But anywho, Warren Buffett even said, the one easy way to become worth 50% more than you are now is to hone your communication skills, both written and verbal. He also said, if you can't communicate and talk to other people and get your ideas across, you're giving up your potential. And I couldn't agree more. Negotiation skills. That's another way to triple your confidence. If you're an ambitious person looking to get promoted at work or you want to start your own business, you're going to need negotiation skills to sell a product or sell yourself. (laughs) You may need to even negotiate on behalf of other people. Now, there are a few books that has been crazy helpful for me. The first book is Getting Past No, Negotiating in Difficult Situations. The author is William Yuri. The second book is Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It by Chris Voss. And the third book, I am happy to say we've had the author on the podcast, is Don't Leave Money on the Table, Negotiation Strategies for Women Leaders in Male-Dominated Industries by Jacqueline Twillet. Okay. Now, Jacqueline was a guest on the podcast, and I'll definitely link that episode in the show notes. I, I also can't say enough about surrounding yourself with people who are talking about money and money mindset shifts that you need to make to elevate and advance and even sell yourself. The next tip for tripling your confidence is increasing your emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence simply comes down to your ability. I'm saying simply when it's one of the hardest things for people to do. Anywho, emotional intelligence comes down to your ability to understand and manage your emotions so that they work for you instead of against you. It comes down to your ability to sense emotions in other people and learn how to adapt your approach as needed. It comes down to your ability to empathize with what they may be feeling and use that to communicate more effectively with them. When you work with a high level of emotional intelligence, the benefit there too is that you have a chance to fix a situation before it becomes a problem when you lead with emotional intelligence or when you communicate with emotional intelligence. It gives you an opportunity to resolve conflict as well. You see the biggest mistake that most of us make is that we think something or we feel an emotion And then we decide that it is a fact. Your emotions are data, not directions or decisions. Yet too many of us let our emotions, which are temporary, we allow our emotions. And listen, I'm still a work in progress. So sometimes it happens to me too. But too many of us, we talking about you. We're not talking about candy today. Too many of us allow our emotions to make final decisions about our life. We allow our emotions to sabotage our vision, to damage relationships, all because of a false assumption or temporary emotion. So learning how to honor your innate ability to pause and reflect and ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? What is this emotion trying to tell me? Where is it trying to guide me? If it's guiding me out of alignment, out of the vision that I have for my life or away from the person I am trying to become, then wait a minute now, I need to slow down and pause before I react, especially because these emotions or thoughts may hinder my ability to step into that next best version of myself. Years ago, it was popular to say emotions don't belong in business. Even now you hear people say it's business nothing personal. Nah, mm -mm. most decisions that people make are driven by emotion, even in business. In fact, I'm sure you've probably heard the quote, people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad bosses. That comes down to emotions. And recently I read another study employees who had managers with a high level of emotional intelligence were four times less likely to leave than those who had managers with a low emotional intelligence. But don't get it twisted. Emotional intelligence is just not awareness. It's also behavior change. I did an episode with emotional intelligence expert, Tiko Nijan, Nijan, and I'm also going to link that episode. But several times a month, I facilitate self-awareness and leadership development sessions with doctors, medical directors, and surgeons. These individuals have 15 to 30 years of experience. And one of the highlights for me is, one, their participation is voluntary. They sign up through their hospital and just by their participation in my session, I know that they are committed to improving or refining how they show up in the workplace every day, even though they have 30 years of experience or 15 years of experience. They are committed to getting a deeper understanding of themselves so that they can work more effectively with other people. And so I encourage my leaders to understand is that to lead others, you have to learn how to lead yourself. Sometimes how you see yourself is different than how you are perceived. People work for people, not businesses. Another highlight for me is when they start talking about moving from self-awareness to self-accountability and they start to recognize that, hey, maybe I need to try a different approach when I'm communicating With this person or I'm trying to motivate them to get the work done or I'm trying to tap into their untapped potential. So the second part to emotional intelligence is being curious, being open to a discussion about ways to improve. So if you are put in a position to lead or you're put in a position where you're trying to influence people or get buy-in for your ideas, You have to learn how to communicate with emotional intelligence so that you can meet the needs and preferences of the different types of people that you work with. If you're trying to motivate, delegate, develop people, you have to learn how to communicate with emotional intelligence. And so developing advanced communication skills, particularly around negotiation, public speaking and emotional intelligence is one of the best ways you can triple your confidence. If you have a desire to achieve more in your life, learning how to communicate with clarity and confidence, learning how to be prepared for the pushback, learning how to adapt your style or just be aware of how your style comes across to other people is going to be key to your success. The final bonus tip that I want to share with you today And it's a simple question. When you are faced with making a decision, ask yourself, what would my future self do? I want you to start challenging yourself to make decisions from your future self instead of your present self. About a year and a half ago, it's probably been about two years, I invested in a coaching program and the present Candia didn't want to make the investment. And I had to say to myself, okay, Candia, what would the girl, what would the woman three years from now do? And so I started to think and said, well, the the woman three years from now knows that money flows through her effortlessly and she going to make that money back in the next hour. And I made the decision more so from my future self than my present self. So I want to offer you that same piece of advice this year when it comes to tripling your confidence. Sometimes it's not about who you are right now. It's about who you are becoming, okay? So listen, we have tip number one, courageously face your past so you can confidently deal with your present. We have tip number two, prepare for and write your no's, your three what if statements, what is going to be your response when that person says no. Tip three, we are going to advance our communication skills, particularly when it comes to emotional intelligence, public speaking, and negotiation. And the bonus tip, of course, is when you are faced with making a decision, ask yourself, what would my future self do? Think about the person you will be three years from now or five years from now and make that decision from your future self instead of your present self. Okay, party people, that is it. For me today. If this episode blessed your heart in any way, I would love it if you could leave me a review on Apple iTunes. I would love it if you'd even want to email me and share one of the tips that's been most helpful for you. You can email me at hello at candiajohnson.com. I appreciate you. Talk to you next week.